KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique Deprima. The show is called First Things First. And my first thing today and every day, giving thanksgiving praises and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it going, stirring the pot, doing that thing we do. Um, the way the show goes, the first hour we look to the left coast, the Pacific side of town. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive on a hot topic or an interesting person. Today, it's both. Uh, Queen Afua will be joining us to try to get us right for this 2024 cycle in terms of nutrition. Uh, she is the creator of the concept called the Healing Kitchen. She's a well-being rock star. So if you haven't met her, you haven't heard from her, you definitely want to stay with me for that. Right now, though, entering the conversation as my partner in politics this morning, one of my favorite uh, folks to talk to on the radio. She is um, a journalist. She's an advocate. She is, uh, I think, will soon be again an elected official and is um, a favorite for her writings and really um, breaking a lot of stories that other, I will say it, that other folks copy. Um, But at least when I copy her stories, like I tell you, (laughs) that's what I'm doing, as broken by unapologetically black uh, Miss Jasmine Canick. Good morning. Good morning, Dominique. Good morning. I, I sometimes joke that you're like the uh, you're like you know the assignment desk uh, for certain sectors of our news um, <laughs> our news infrastructure because folks like to see what you're writing about um, and then follow suit. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, you know, like you said, at least when you do it, you give me credit. Some of them <laughs> don't, but it's all good. It doesn't stop me from talking about what I want to talk about. Absolutely. Um, now tell me about um, where you are with your campaign. And I guess I'll put officially put on notice. If y'all want uh, you want equal time, you you know, reach out, we'll give it to you. But where are you on your campaign? Uh, I'm, you know what, I'm doing really good. I'm, you know, for folks who don't know, I'm running for reelection to the LA um, County Democratic Party as a delegate. Um, we call the position County Central Committee that that is what you will see on your ballot. Um, if you live in the 55th, Crenshaw, Lamert Park, Windsor Hills, uh, View Park, Ladera, Mid-City, West Adams, Jefferson Park, you'll see me on your ballot, Culver City, too. Um, I find it really interesting right now because do you remember when there was this, like, aha moment when, when, when voters woke up and was like, oh, so that's what the district attorney does. Yep. And then there was another aha moment when folks were like, oh, we got to pay attention to the judges. Well, because of the Israel-Hamas war and the infighting amongst Democrats, people are now realizing that, oh, the people who get to vote on the position of the party on any issue are the delegates. Mm. And so now people are realizing, oh, that's why, you know, that position is important. And it doesn't matter if it's at the DNC level, the state party, or, you know, the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Only the delegates get to vote on what the position on any issue is going to be for the Democratic Party. So folks who want, you know, the Democrats to support um, the Palestinians, and you know, then you have folks who want Democrats to support Israel. Well, either way it goes, no one gets to vote on that, but the but the delegates. Like you don't get a say in that. So does that and mean so more people are, are running now? I think so. I heard from so many people 
during the filing period who reached out to me and said, thank you so much. I was able to use your website to learn how to run. And because I'm not a hater, <laughs> seven people, seven people from Cali- from L.A.'s, um, I forgot how many assembly districts we have. But anyway, seven people from each assembly district in L.A. County are going to be elected, the top seven people. So I encouraged and showed other people how to run, too. And I heard from a lot of folks all the way from the Valley out to Carson that have filed to run in their assembly districts and for the first time will be on the ballot. Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, that's an immediate impact. Um, Hopefully those are smart people. Hopefully they're black people. Look, I haven't talked about this on the air yet, Jasmine Kanick, um, and sadly I found out about it from your Instagram that the former vice chair of the L.A. County Central Committee, um, our our friend um, Bobby Jean Anderson, made her transition. Um, She was one of the very first guests I had on the show. She was just just a really encouraging, um, kind soul. And as far as what you're saying about being involved, you know, from delegate to central committee to every, she did it all, right? She did do it all. And I'm so happy that you missed, because I was going to bring her up, and I'm so happy that you did. Yeah, so Miss Bobby Jean made her transition, and, um, you know, she was a mentor to me. She took me under her wing when she, when I was younger, and she didn't know anything about me. And she... Um, you know, she taught me a lot and I got to see her in action as well. Like, so for folks who don't know, yes, she was the vice chair of the LA County Democratic Party, but she was also, um, a 40 year retiree of the LA County court system. She first got involved in politics when, and some folks will remember this, when, um, there was an expansion of the 110 freeway. And the homeowners in South L.A. were being um, affected by Caltrans um, because they weren't giving them fair market price for their housing. And, um, you know, I was just a teenager back then, but I learned about this later. It was Ms. Bobby Jean with the help of then Assemblymember Maxine Waters that got those 150 homeowners their um, fair market value for their homes. And from there, she just kept going. She was a member of the Black Women's Forum. She chaired the Criminal Justice Task Force. Um, she was appointed by Mayor Tom Bradley to the LAPD Commission in 1993 and reappointed by Mayor Richard Reardon. I mean, she just had an incredible, an incredible legacy of community service. And for folks who knew her, they also knew that her biggest passion, aside from the Democratic Party, was domestic violence victims and she you know so she was on the board of the genesee center and did a lot of work for them yeah well i think the way you put it is really good that it was a life of service because when you know you think of someone like bobby jean anderson um people with that much clout and that much knowledge about the party sometimes they're snobby they're more elitist (laughs) but bobby jean to me i mean this is my impression of her is that if you had any interest in becoming active and making a difference in the party or the community, she was going to try to help you. She was going to try to show yeah. you the ropes. She would do yeah. anything she could to be supportive. And that's just so refreshing and, and so important. And she helped me a lot, too, um, even though, you know, many times we didn't agree on every issue because she was a bit more moderate, um, maybe a lot more moderate <laughs> than I am. <laughs> but that never stopped her. It was like, well, are you 
are you doing the work? Well, then I want to help you. And I, I, I just love that about Bobby Jean. I, yes, she's going to definitely be missed. A lot of us um, younger folks who are involved on, in politics owe her a debt of gratitude. We definitely, you know, um, are standing on her shoulders. She, um, I think she leaves behind an incredible legacy of, of, of young women like myself and you and other folks who were, were able to learn from her and were able to, um, you know, continue the tradition of getting more black women involved in politics because, you know, there aren't a lot of black people um, in the Democratic Party. There are a lot of black people registered as Democrats, but there are not a lot of black people in the Democratic Party elected as delegates. Making right? any kind of decisions is really what you're saying. Exactly. And so, you know, she was a great leader in that way. Um, she's definitely going to be missed. And, uh, you know, this whole, in- our whole entire, you know, L.A., political community, black political community was so sad when, when that news came out. But one yeah. thing I will say is that before she passed away, she was given her flowers and she was given her flowers while she was still here with us and able to smell and enjoy them. And I really appreciate that. She got to know exactly how much we appreciated her and how far her impact had gone in our community. Mm, it's a great point. And um, actually I know that, um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters and others are putting together a fitting uh, tribute for Miss Bobby Jean Anderson. So I will keep you guys posted on that. Um, I, of course, have volunteered to help in any way I can. Uh, Miss Bobby Jean Anderson, I'll say, was encouraging me until like not probably days before she made her transition. I mean, she would text me during and after the shows and let me know about something I missed, but always in a loving way and just, you know, always supportive saying, Hey, you're doing a good job. Don't back down. Keep going. It means the world. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be missed. And it's one of the things, Dominique, I think particularly for our generation, because I, I know I've, I've talked to elders. My dad even said, well, as you get older, this is what happens, you know, people start to pass away in your life. And it's like, yes, I know, but it's just so sad, like, to lose such giants, you know. Yeah. But I'm happy that I was able to spend the time that I was able to spend with her. Yeah, and you got to feel good be, uh, running for Central Committee while she's on her journey because she, I'm sure she was very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 We do have a lot to talk about while we have Jazz Mechanic on the phone. We'll tackle some of these um, upcoming election issues. Uh, I, I have got a lot of studying to do this weekend, so we'll go full bore and all that stuff next week. But we'll touch on it today. I particularly want to look at the district attorney's race, which is shaping up to be quite crowded. And uh, we've got a lot going on here on the ground in L.A., L.A. County, and the state of California. Jazz Mechanic and Dominique DePrima on Unapologetically Progressive, KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now, we're back to me and uh, Jazz Mechanic and you. You're always invited in every hour, 800 920 800-920-1580. So it is election season. It feels very rushed to me um, because it's March. 
the election is in March, those mail-in ballots go out next month in February, which means we pretty much have like a month to figure all this stuff out, right? Well, uh, Jasmine, you there? Um, I I am. Yeah. So okay. So I'm just saying it's it feels like a quick turnaround. There are 11 candidates um, that want to become district attorney. Actually, I think it's 12 yeah. if you count Gascon, um, which you have to since he's the incumbent. That's that actually. Do you think there's peril for for DA Gascon in this uh, March 5th primary? I mean, you know, it's it seems like it probably would go to a runoff, right? It's definitely going to go to a runoff with that many um, candidates. I think what this is signaling signaling is that there is a lot of discussion in our community, including the black community, about the amount of crime that is taking place in Los Angeles and what is being done about it. I think some of it is unfairly being placed on Gaston because you have to remember, just like with the police, like the police don't make the laws, they enforce them, right? Law enforcement enforces the law. Gaston didn't necessarily make all of the laws that, you know, that folks are upset about, us voters, yet we agreed to certain things, and now we're upset about it, we don't like what we're seeing, and we, and, and we want to change. Well, I think yeah. what's... I don't know that everyone's upset about it, but I know what you're saying. I mean, I I think there's a lot of hype, too, to be honest with you, if you look crunch the real numbers. But no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear this is where crime really is and uh, this is where the hype is. No one wants to hear that. They just want to freak out about smash and grabs. That's not what wins elections. And, you know, it's very similar to the news, Dominique. If it bleeds, it leads. And so Mm -hmm. what works in politics all the time, 100 percent is fear. Fear will work 100% of the time. And that is what's going on with the district attorney's race. Um, you know, look, you, half the people running against Gaston are people from his office. Right. <laughs> and, and, like and, literally people in his office. <laughs> but to be fair, those are the same people that sued him the minute he got in to try to stop the policy, the progressive policies that voters asked him to implement. A lot of them are members of that district attorney's union, which is conservative and which likes to do business as usual, which is not what the voters asked for. So, like I said, this is going to be this is really going to be a referendum on all of these changes and whether or not the majority of L.A. County voters um, like the direction that criminal justice reform is going um, in L.A. County. Uh, And, you know, look, honestly, you, you know, folks, sometimes we have to step outside of our bubble because when we are just around the choir, we have no idea how other people feel about things. And I can tell you that not everybody is on board with with what's going on right now. Well, I think, I, I mean, I don't think you have to step out the side of the bubble. I think a lot of people on all sides of the aisle are not okay with what's going on right now. It's just they're very different interpretations about what will fix it, right? Um, and it's, I think, to me, notable, Jasmine, that, um, that D.A. Gascon also has a pretty formidable challenger on the left, which is Jeff Shemarinsky. Uh, the 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 son of Erwin yeah. Shemarinsky, who's a, an assistant U.S. attorney, um, and who is now endorsed by the controller. Uh, no, excuse me, the city attorney, I should say, the city attorney uh, for Los Angeles, which is interesting. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty rare for a sitting city attorney to defy a sitting district attorney, right? 
not if they are at polar opposite ends of the political spectrum. Well, yeah, I guess um, that's and, true. And I'm assuming that you are talking about our new uh, city attorney. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you Heidi know, actually, Feldstein's. Yeah. Yeah, Stein Soto. Soto, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, who has endorsed Shimerinsky, but and and like and to your point, she's not exactly a blazing progressive, but um, she's but, but Shimerinsky will appeal to a lot of folks on the left who are not happy with decisions Gus Cohn has made. I would think. Absolutely, and and look, Jeff called me. He's straight. I've I've heard from almost every single candidate running for district attorney. <laughs> they have found my phone number and reached out. And we had like a really good conversation. Like I said, this is this is going to be tough for Gasco. Um, but it's also, I think, if he wins, if he's able to pull it off. And let me tell you something: it was not a done deal for the Democratic Party to just just um, rubber stamp and endorse him this time around. He really had to fight and push for that endorsement in a way. Um, that maybe a lot of folks would think he wouldn't have had to do. But folks, you know, need to understand that the Democratic Party in L.A. County is still mostly run by moderates. So Mm. not progressive. Okay, yeah, that's (laughs) a great point. The other thing, Jasmine, too, I think is that, um, you know, some of us are not real happy about the charging of current price, for example, and and this feeling like D.A. Gascon is trying to tack to the right and say, see, look, I'm tough on crime and d- doing that by bringing a downright stupid case against a black council member at a time when black electeds have been demonstrably undermined. We saw that in the so-called secret yeah. tape and in a time in which we are demonstrably under attack. I just it's not a good look. It is not, and sometimes I wish I could sit down with him, with our DA, and ask him, what, give me your thinking on this. Like, you know, because oftentimes, when, like, when this happened to Councilmember Price, we didn't really get a whole lot from the DA just in terms of how he came to his conclusion yeah. in terms of his office spring. And it's always interesting to me on what cases, and not just with Gaston, but DA's period, because we saw that with Lacey, right? <laughs> Lacey didn't want to charge Ed Buck, right? But then the U.S., you know, the U.S. attorneys, you know, the federal prosecutors did. Like, it's always interesting the discretion that prosecutors use yeah. on certain cases and what they choose to go after and not go after. But make no mistake. We are in political season, so every move that a, that a sitting elected official makes is a calculated move. It absolutely is, because they know that all eyes are on them for the next nine months, 11 months, as they run for office. Eyes will be off of them the minute the election is over until it's time to gear up for re-election. But unfortunately, right now, yeah. They're be- unfortunately, they're being watched. So I... I, I I know just from my work, who I work with, what I do, like everything we do is calculated. So, you know, the current price one is really, really hard because I, like you, Dominic, I do agree with you. It's like, why, first of all, if you really read, if you went through the paperwork, it's like, well, why didn't you just send them a letter and say, pay this money back? Right. And, And can we define in 2024 or let's say 2023, um, what a, who a partner is, because, you know, we've changed a lot of rules, you know, on defining who is your domestic partner, whether you're married to them legally or not, and all of these different things. We've been over backwards in terms of genders and everything. So, I'm, you know, that's another thing that sort of 
bothered me too is the way that it was like making it seem like he was engaged in a relationship while he was married to someone else and this is and it's like Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was no gray area. Everyone great. knew. Everyone knew Dale was his partner, his wife, yes. regardless of what the paperwork said. And he. It, and as uh, I, I can't. I might have been Councilmember Harris Dawson pointed out. It's not like he had two women on his insurance. He had right. one. He only had one, and that was the one he lived with. So, yeah, it, th- those are good points. But back to the DA's race. Uh, have you endorsed? Do you do you are you supporting mm-hmm. a candidate as of now? No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what? To be fair, because I believe in full disclosure, you know, uh, I have spoken to Gascon. He knows how I feel about a lot of things in crime. He did donate to my campaign. He was, he's been very supportive of me. I haven't officially said what I'm doing, but I will soon. Um, but people know who know me know, like, I am not... I'm not going to let them all out of jail. Like I always tell you, Dominique, I'm not going to let them all out, and I'm not going to lock them all up. No, honestly, I, no, I know you aren't, but but you're more lock them all up than let them all out. And, and, and if, oh, my God, you think so? I do. In fact, I was surprised that you weren't named as the new co-host for John and Ken. Uh, <laughs> I was really, like, waiting for that announcement. <laughs> You know, really, I think me and John could 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 do it. Or, John yeah, and Jasmine, John, yeah, John and yes, Jasmine exactly. has a nice ring to it. Uh, but no, I'm just a realist <laughs> about crime, and I don't care. Like, I will talk about it. Like, Dominique, I don't like being in Walgreens, and you know, look, I'm counting my pennies, standing in line, watching people walk out with garbage bags full of items, and I'm like, well. Damn it! Why did I do that? Why should I do that? Well, like, you could, I... but you might go to jail, and you know. No, I won't. Not anymore. I'll get cited and released. Maybe if they catch me. If they catch me. But no, but it's you, so you know <laughs> it might be different. <laughs> we got news, traffic, and sports right now. Then continuing the conversation, we got a lot to talk about. More of first things first with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. And we're talking with uh, Jasmine Lock-em-up Canick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine Canick, uh, she is a journalist and an advocate. She's um, a public popular commentator on local cable TV uh, and news programs. She was named Out Magazine's Journalist of the Year, one of Essence Magazine's 25 Women Shaping the World, and one of LA's Los Angeles Most Fascinating Angelinos by LA Weekly. Uh, that said, we're talking about, you know, the district attorney's race. And the one thing I will say is that, you know, th- <laughs> this idea that um, more and more and more enforcement uh, is going to... Uh, make crime go down has never been borne out by data, number one. And number two, when you talk about, um, you know, the you being released right away if you stole the trash bags from the drugstore, um, that's partially because of prison overcrowding, because of over-incarceration. It's not be only strictly because of the laws and policies that are now in place. I mean, look, we we changed our bail schedule here in L.A. County. Um, As you know, there was a lot of hoopla over that. Um, But it needed to be changed, too. There there were a lot of things um, that didn't require folks to go to jail on there, right? We already know 
who bail benefits and who it doesn't benefit and what it really was intended for, right? And so, you know, there are a lot of a lot of um, misdemeanor crimes um, now that are just really um, site and release um, situations. So, I mean, look, it's again, it's never been about the d- data. If we if we just went on the data, um, Dominique, yeah. we might be having a different conversation. But right. that that's not what moves voters. Voters get moved by <sighs> by commercials that tell them that you know they're coming for you and your family yeah. if you don't vote for me. Can we stop being really so naive? Can them. that happen? I mean, I also think <laughs> voters get moved by footage, right? Like, so those yes. the dramatic smash and grab footage, that guy uh, jumping over the judge's bench yesterday, I think yes. will be, I'm expecting that to be in somebody's commercial, right? Um, this guy who was on trial for violent or, or being sentenced, I guess, for, for violent assault and violently assaults the judge, literally flies the over the bench. I mean... I was like in awe. I was like, oh my goodness, if you would just use that, those skills on like the track field or something. Yeah, right. Use your powers <laughs> for good. So right. Use your powers for good. I mean, he, he literally really flew. flew over that bench. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and, you know, now, so now he has, he's facing even more charges. Um, the judge, Mary Kay yeah. Holthus, was not injured significantly. But I'm like, what? Is, they got all those cops and bailiffs and, you know, and you can still jump over that. I don't know. That seems <laughs> problematic. I know. I, it does. But look, I've been in a lot of courtrooms. It's possible. There's really nothing too much separating um, the defense and the prosecutor's table from from the judge on the bench. Wow. Well, um, I bet you there will be in her courtroom now. Uh, bailiff stand over there by the defendant. Yeah, yeah. It took a lot of people to get him off. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, actually, was- uh, somebody was, uh, one of the uh, court officials was actually uh, hospitalized. The courtroom marshal uh, had a gash on his head. So, yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, that is exactly the kind of thing that sadly does move voters um and you mentioned the um this new initiative or, or a, a a a proposed initiative to overturn parts of proposition 47 and uh it's supposedly called make crime illegal again to me that is pandering to exactly that the fearmongering which makes us uh make unwise decisions well, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't the first attempt to um, repeal um, parts or if not all of Prop 47. This is one that's going to go through the legislature, meaning it's going to be voted on by, if it ever can make it out of committee, voted by assembly members and then the, the Senate. Um, and then, you know, if it were to pass, you know, obviously signed by the governor, but probably not. Um, but there's also a push um, around the legislature, because in our state, you can gather enough signatures <laughs> and get something put on the ballot, right? And so there's another proposed um, reform that's, that's going around, um, and they're, you know, getting ready to, to try to get something on the ballot for actually, for the voters to actually vote on, right? Because that's the other way you go around the legislature, yeah. similar to how we did Prop 47, right? Prop 47 was put in by the voters, so... 
Yeah. Yeah, and the Secretary of State, as I understand it, has said that they can go ahead and start collecting those signatures. So as long as they get more than half a million signatures from registered voters, we can vote on this. And I have a feeling it will be very confusingly marketed, like most of the crime-oriented measures. It probably will, but they probably will also get their signatures if they're gathering signatures in the Valley, in Orange County, and more conservative parts of the state, because it's a statewide um, referendum, I'm, I'm sure that they will, they will probably be able to get the signatures that they need. But the focus also, just for, for listeners to know, is that a lot of people have an issue with the $950 um, property value threshold for misdemeanors, and they want to see that change, like, you know, because right now it's at 950, which means you can steal up to 950, and it is considered a misdemeanor. Um, and as you know, a lot of misdemeanors, in particularly in LA County, are cite and release. Um, and so that's a, a big part of it. A lot of it focuses on retail theft. It's just retail theft and the narrative that has been crafted on both sides of retail theft is just mind-boggling to me. You know, you know, you have the businesses that say they're being robbed blind, and then the other side says, well, the data doesn't support that. Then we have the videos that the news likes to show us of, you know, mobs of people going into stores and taking things. It's just, it's, it's so confusing. But I am sure that there is retail theft because I see it myself. Okay, so. I, I'm sure there is too. But here's the thing. Those massive corporations, especially like the Walgreens that you were standing in, they're insured for that, number one. Number two, you just saw that the retail uh, merchants association admitted they lied in the data, claiming that this huge percentage of their losses were coming from retail theft, and that's why they had to close down stores, and and basically revealed that they were lying and using that as an excuse to close down stores they wanted to close down anyway, and then in fact, a, a, a big piece of what they call shrinkage is coming from people within the company stealing from the company. Yeah, but you know what? That's minor to me. I, I don't buy, look, look, they did, uh, over 100 people looted a small family bakery in Compton recently. Like, they literally took over the street at 3 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday and destroyed a small business. Yeah, I so saw that. And, and I'm like, what is going on? You guys really need baked goods? I mean, I that was just... They stole lottery tickets. They stole food. They took money. That's not a Target. That's not a Walmart. That's not a Walgreens. That's a family-owned business. So the smashing grabs and the looting and the retail theft is not just happening at... at um, the Gucci store, As a right. fact, we see it happening to street vendors all the time. We see it happening at our mom and pop businesses all the time. I remember being on Facebook and seeing um, the owner of Doolin's talk about again, them, this was a little while ago, breaking in to their restaurant. Like he's had multiple break-ins and, you know, and, and we love us some Doolin's, right? We, we yeah, love grand reopening is the 11th, by the way. 
Yeah, well, woo, woo. but yeah, they're also <laughs> broken into all the time too. So it's, I just want to say, like, our businesses are being affected too by when this. When you say they're we not, see, I mean, I know it. I know it happens, but I don't. I haven't personally seen it. I know it happens. I've heard some business owners complaining about it, but I think what what we are talking about when we look at the way that it's being pushed on voters as an urgent issue is the Gucci store is, you know, those, those smash and grabs and, um, you know, uh, felt the, um, so city what attorney. Should we, do, Dominique? should we just let them feel it and get away with it and turn the other cheek and say, Oh, it's, it's a big corporation. It's not going to hurt them. We know what we should allow stealing. No, I'm not saying that, although it's not the top priority on my list of things to, um, to address, but I'm not saying that, you know, okay, free for all, just come take our, come take our stuff. I just don't think it should be used as an excuse to overturn Prop 47 and start, you know, the old law and order, throw the book at black people and Latina people. I think that as the city attorney and the mayor have said on this show, they need to go to, they need to go up the food chain and see where is that stuff going? Who is organizing this stuff? Who's buying it? If, you know, if, if Amazon, is is allowing the resale or other online outlets are are allowing the resale. I know uh, they recently busted a warehouse in downtown LA that was full of stolen items. To me, that's what you do. Which is where they were selling them from. They weren't selling them on Amazon. They were literally selling them down the street from police headquarters. Like the people who are buying the stolen goods are the people like, you know, don't come at me with a new Gucci purse talking about $100. Yeah, to me, that's okay. So if they were selling themselves, maybe. But I I do think that, um, you know, many times, just like with human trafficking, you know, don't don't get the girl that's selling herself on the street. Get the the person that trafficked her and the person that is buying the uh, service. Get them all. Get everybody. I'm sorry. I am all. I am sorry. I am not okay with people going into stores willy nilly. Stealing stuff and then us making excuses saying, we just need jobs. I'm not making excuses. I'm saying go up the food chain. Just the same thing with, you know, when when you talk about undocumented immigrants. You want to put them in jail. And I'm saying jail the corporate boss who's hiring those folks. Make it, you know, untenable. I agree with that. I actually agree. I agree with that. Like I, that you will get no argument from me about. But when it comes to these folks going into stores and and doing all this massive stealing it is absolutely ridiculous and i and i think that if it doesn't if something doesn't change this is going to become our norm and and i don't i don't want to see it as our norm I'm, we already made the n word our norm are we now going to allow okay you we know, did, and that's stealing? a whole other show for another day cuz we need to do that show <laughs> But yeah, I don't. I don't. I think, do. I think it's not happening as much as folks say. I don't think it's our new normal. I think the fear of it is our new normal. But uh, your point is taken. I'm not calling for chaos. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, and these times are really making it challenging for folks not to go just to lock them all up. Jasmine Kennick, when we come forward, I want to talk about um, the case of Niani. Uh, Finlayson, uh, who was shot on December 4th by sheriff's deputies in Lancaster, California. That's next on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Hey. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. Yeah.
And um, this case, you know, we need to need to spend a little bit more time on it. But Jasmine, I just want to get your take. Aniani Finlayson um, actually called the cops because she was. Ex- she said she was experiencing domestic violence um, at the hands of her boyfriend. Wanted him out of the house. Sheriffs come um, and end up shooting her in front of her nine-year-old daughter. They said she had a knife. It was a kitchen knife, apparently, um, and it, it just. Ew, it just baffles my mind. But um, what what are your thoughts on this? I mean, first, you know, I want to obviously um, send and share my condolences with her friends and family, right? Because this is this is and her daughter, right? Of course, this is just so incredibly sad. I think as Black women, we look at something like this, and you know, I'm not a mother, but if I was, I mean, could you imagine watching your mother be shot, right? I think the sheriff's department did the right thing in terms of getting that video out as soon as possible, right? That's a step in the right direction. Um, I think that um, there's going to have to be an extensive investigation. I know there's going to be a lawsuit. I know um, that there are lots of folks who are calling for justice, and there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. We cannot be – we cannot – law enforcement – not tell us to call them when we need help and have problems and kill us. <laughs> like that seems to be a recurring thing. Yeah. You call for help, you get killed. Right. And, and to that me, I mean, and I'm not blaming her, but I'm just saying like, to me, I can't even understand why I would ever call the police after, you know, to Smith, after Neani, fin- you know, Finlayson, after, you know, you know, um, case after case, exactly what you're saying. We call for help. We end up dead. Yeah. So this, that is terrifying because it means that when you're in a life or death situation, you literally have to stop and think, am I going to be better off dealing with it on my own than calling, than dialing 911? Yeah. I wouldn't be stopping right? and thinking. I'm, I'm like, I got to call the homies. That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah, it's, 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 it's horrible. And look, there's going to be a lot of protests. Um, I know that uh, Congresswoman Waters went to Lancaster and is very um, involved. And there are lots of folks who are, you know, understandably have a lot of questions and are, are very upset. I mean, look, Lancaster, we only are in Lancaster because we couldn't afford to live here, yeah. right? We were pushed out of L.A. and pushed all the way out to the Antelope Valley. That's why you have a lot of black folks in Palmdale and Lancaster because the cost of living was significantly um, less. But we weren't welcomed in the Antelope Valley. And a lot of folks, um, particularly folks in the movement around criminal justice reform, will tell you that it's like the wild, wild west out there because no one is paying attention because they are so far away from Los Angeles. This is not the first um, egregious case of someone being killed by the sheriff's department in the Antelope Valley. I mean, the complaints against the sheriff out there are just numerous. And, yeah. um, and, and it is a real serious problem. Cancel the contract is one organization working out there specifically on that. Cancel the contract of the Antelope Valley. Um, Black Lives Matter LA has named Ty Shelton, the, the deputy who killed um, Niani. And she's uh, apparently he's also the person that killed Michael Thomas in 2020 um, out in Lancaster. And, and 
reportedly, according to BLMLA, has a whole bunch of complaints against him. Um, and so, of course, cancel the contract, BLMLA and others, the family, are calling for him to be held accountable. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think our sheriff, who just uh, completed his first year in office, um, is once again going to be in an even hotter seat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I will say, look, I am one of those folks that will give credit where credit is due. I um, I don't know that if Sheriff Villanueva was still in office, we would have had that video released. No, that we the wouldn't. body cam video would have been released. And so, I mean, that's a step in the right direction because if you want to restore trust, if you want to promote transparency in your department, that's exactly what you do. Unedited video needs to be released ASAP. We, the taxpayers, are paying for that video to begin with. We are paying for that deputy. We are paying for that camera. We are paying for the service that stores the video. So we have every single right to see it. Actually, when you put it that way, we're paying for the gun and the bullets that killed Neoni. I mean... We actually are. Yeah. So... They said she had a knife in her hand, but if I call the sheriff and I say, my boyfriend won't get out of my house, he's beating me, he's beating the kid, and I have a kitchen knife in my hand, I, that, to me, that shouldn't be that surprising. She's holding the knife on the boyfriend. She's standing near the boyfriend. They shoot her. I agree. And, and then arrest him the and I- let him go. Ugh. Right. This is how we are, th- this is part of the problem, is that I oftentimes feel like law enforcement doesn't see us as, we're just... We're just black. And it doesn't matter if you're the victim or not. Like, you're black. And so you're still going to always be seen as threatening, right? Mm-hmm. And we already know just as black women how that goes, right? We, are, we have the angry black, um, you know, angry black woman label that's oftentimes put on us. But, I mean, just common sense would say the woman called for help. She is the victim. You know, and here's the other thing. What, why don't people, why don't deputies, why didn't law enforcement just shoot to disarm? If that's, if that's your thing, if you feel like, okay, the knife is, is dangerous, why don't you shoot someone in their arm, shoot someone in their leg, shoot to disarm them? Like, that is definitely a possibility. You do not have to shoot to kill them. I mean, you know? the other thing is there's a nine-year-old child in the room. You, they don't you, care about that. Black is black. Sometimes I feel like our kids don't even matter. I think you're right. I mean, I know they adultify our children and all that, but here's the thing. That child is now, you know, not only traumatized for life, but will be terrified and probably angry at police for life, and justifiably so. Yeah. It's just terrible. Um, yeah, thanks for, for sharing your thoughts on that. I've, I've really been wanting to talk about that case. And uh, now, as you said, the family's moving forward uh, with legal action on the, and the, the DA's investigating. So I'm expecting um, more answers. Got a minute left here, Jasmine. What do you want to do with it? Mm-hmm. Have a great day, Dominique Suprema. It is cold outside, Los Angeles family. So, you know, be warm, be good to yourself, be good to others. Don't forget that we vote March 5th. Double check your voter registration to make sure you are registered to the right party. If you are registered to the American Independent Party, you are registered to a party that is right of the Republicans. That is not what you want. You want to be no party preference. You'd be surprised, Dominique, how many people think they're an independent voter because they're registered 
as an independent. We don't have independent in California in that way. We call it no party preference. So just double check all your stuff. Make sure that you're going to be eligible to vote March 5th and make sure you, you, you vote. Yeah, that's a great point, Jasmine. And of course, your website and your social medias. Uh, I'm at Jasmine, J-A-S-M-Y-N-E, on pretty much everything. Instagram, hello, Jasmine, voteforjasmine.com, iamjasmine.com are my two websites. I am not hard to find. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks for uh, letting us find you this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. And you as well. You know, there's way, way, way too many things to talk about. So let's do it. Um, 800-920-1580. KBLA Talk 1580.